Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin Loretz, and today I am joined by Lindsay Barrett, who has uh, quite a money journey of her own to share with us today about getting out of student loan debt. So welcome, Lindsay. Hi. I work in uh, tech support for a vacation rental software company. I've been doing that for about a year. So I guess I could back up a bit. I, when I, you know, was 18, deciding where to go, I knew I wanted to go out of state and I wanted to go far away. And I didn't really care how much it cost or, you know, what was going to come down the line. I figured everybody has student loans. Like it might just take me 10 plus years to pay them off, but I want to go out of school or out of state and just try something new. So I looked into, you know, kind of where I was born and I decided to go to school in Tennessee, just a small private Christian school out there. And it kind of had everything I wanted. It, it had cost, but it was the cheaper of all the ones I wanted. And I knew it probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. I always heard, you know, do the two state or two year state schools and then go from there, or do your community college, do anything to make it cheaper. But I was so stubborn. I wanted to go out of state. So um, when I graduated, I didn't even know how much it was going to be, how much I owed. But I figured, you know, I knew the national average at the time, I think was like 36000 for each person that gets out. And when I graduated, when I finally looked it up, I owed about uh, 29000 And then I had another loan. It was worth 6000 So I was averaging around thirty. 32000 or so that I owed. And yeah, it was pretty scary when I got out. And then I realized, how am I going to pay this? Oh. And mm. so after you graduated school, you ended up in Reno how long ago? I was I moved to Reno about four years ago. It was kind of after I graduated, I thought, what's next? Where can I travel to? And so just doing a bit of research online, I knew I wanted to snowboard and I wanted somewhere that was still small and had a college feel. So doing some research, I came across Colorado, the toll ride area, but I thought there wasn't enough like commerce there to find a real job. So then I found Reno, like Tahoe area. And through a couple applications, I got a job, you know, like I think the day before I graduated, I had an offer. It was my only offer, but I was like, I'm going to Reno. Nice. And yeah, my first job out of college, that was, I ended up, it was for a local nonprofit and I think it was paying, it was going to pay me less than I made at an internship in college. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had an internship, I think, for like $15 an hour. This one was going to be $14 an hour. But I was like, that's all right. Like, I'll go figure it out and just just move out, go on Craigslist, find a place to stay. Nice. Not knowing, not even then when I, when I moved to Reno, knowing how much I owed. I might right. have reconsidered um, if I knew how much debt I was in at the time. So you moved here, and then the the cool part of your story is that you have since, uh, in the last three and a half years, paid off uh, all of your student debt, uh, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Um, so I think we'll we'll tease that out a little bit in terms of like how you went from uh, working at the local nonprofit to where you're at today um, at the uh, vacation rental startup that you're mm -hmm. at now. 
Um, but really, I guess, what are some of the things that you attribute to being able to, to getting out of debt? You mentioned that, you know, you were resigned to the fact that it might take you 10 or more years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then here you are now having done it in lo- much less time. Um, so what kinds of things were, were useful for you in, in doing that? Yeah, so kind of, you know, once I came to and I realized this is a big number and I don't want that, you know, over me for a long time. Not that I, in the beginning, I felt weighted by it, but, you know, after getting several new jobs and, you know, money coming in, I never felt like I was penny pinching or that this was going to last forever. Like I knew I would pay it off, but I just wanted to pay it off as soon as possible. And so sometimes the tactics that really helped me was getting like a real plan in place. You know, you always hear about the budgeting and where your expenses are going, but it wasn't until I'd really prioritized, like, no, my first big chunk of payment needs to go towards my debt. That's when things started, you know, really taking place. And then also realizing, you know, if I need to pay off more, I need to have a lot more money in the bank um, to get this gone. And so once I realized that, you know, I started looking around at like, what's some industries that are paying really well that are long-term that I could see myself growing in and getting better in and that I'm genuinely interested. So that's kind of how I started going from nonprofit to wanting to work in tech because I knew that was the writing on the wall and that's where you needed to be. And so I'm still on that beginning of that journey, but how I got there is another funny story. I'm sure Colin can talk to you because he had a big part of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think we met when you were in Women Who Code, mm-hmm. um, and so there is uh, there's a lot of groups like this in cities around the world where um, they're really great meetups and on ramps into technology. Um, and you know, working through the co working space here and being a software developer, we saw the interest too of people wanting to learn how to code. Mm-hmm. Um, and the schools, you know, school learning computer science is different than learning to go work at a tech company. Yeah. Um, and you've already went to school, right? So <laughs> you probably weren't going to go strap yourself with more student loan debt right. to get into tech. And so, um, you know, full circle now, um, I started a, a web development boot camp that you took mm-hmm. um, for, it was like 12 weeks, yeah. um, which uh, there were, I think, 14 students in that. And the whole point of that was to make it so that you guys could learn while also going to school. A lot of these boot camps make you quit mm-hmm. your job and go full time and they yeah. cost just as much as a you know, regular degree does. Uh, and they don't always promise you something on the other end. And we couldn't either. And that was the right. big thing is like we we met with everybody to make sure that you knew that you were investing your money and your time and that you would need to follow through with it in order to see results. And uh, I'm really excited to see that that you uh, went through it and, and found it worth it and mm-hmm. were able to make use of it because I, I don't think everybody did in that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody, uh, I think, seized it as well as they could have. Uh, and since then you've been through, uh, you've been at two different companies, which is mm-hmm. awesome. So, um, so with that, I assume that also helped you to make more money, which I think most people out there focus on how much you're spending on lattes and how much right. you're going out to eat. But this other idea of instead of just, you know, ratcheting down and pinching every penny you can also increasing your income can be a way to mm-hmm. getting out of debt faster, which is awesome. Definitely. Yeah. It was the, the boot camp at the time. So I would still have probably been, you know, 
$30,000 in debt. And I think the boot camp cost maybe around three grand, um, which somehow I still had laying around at the time. But I knew it would kind of push me towards those tech companies, at least just an entry level position, which is what I wanted, just a way in. And before attending that boot camp, you know, it was so foreign to me, like, how do these companies work? What are what does coding mean? All these software and technology and how things work on the back end. But after that course, I felt so confident um, to kind of do the next step and apply for these positions. And of course, through the people I met in the course, um, I made some really good connections to start these entry level positions into tech companies in the tech world. So just like a few months after that course finished up, I started applying for positions and I was able to find my first role. I would say like, you know, I'm a simple girl, just starting out still young professional. And so my first position was um, in tech support for a pretty big um, established software company in town. And I did that for about a year. And that almost, by increasing my income, you know, it was an extra 15000 to start putting away and throwing towards debt. And so I worked there for a while. And then, you know, I realized I could even go to another company and make even more of an impact and increase my income again and then just knock this debt out, get it done, and go from there. So yeah, I thank Colin a lot for having <laughs> resources like that to increase your income. And and that's I more like that because it was your full-time job. You could focus on that. I didn't have to do the side hustles and mm-hmm. putting away things, which, you know, looking back probably would have really helped me um, pay this debt off even sooner. But I also just wanted the free time to just focus on work, have the work-life balance and you know, get to know my city and people around it during the day. Totally. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I definitely put that back on you where mm-hmm. most people, I think, sit in the same company and then they hope for an increase, you know, the normal yeah. bonus every year or whatever that might be. And instead, I think a lot of people, you know, just expect that there's going to be, an, you know, a ladder to climb versus mm-hmm. actually creating you know, more value that you can offer to the company. Like you said, you, mm-hmm. you know, offered value as tech support and then you learn new things. So then you can offer more value to yeah. a different company or maybe even the same company uh, to move up that. So definitely congrats on that. <laughs> and uh, it's the, I think it's the story that a lot of people, you know, like to tell about, you know, everyone should learn to code. And yeah. I don't think it's right for everybody. I think, like I said, some of the people in that course, they definitely didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think uh, I think I could definitely see that you enjoyed the class and you could see how it applied. And that has probably helped you in getting yeah. those jobs and feeling confident. And so uh, it is really exciting to see that as kind of a little success story. So kudos yeah. to you on that. Um, and then you've also found, I guess, community and other people getting out of debt mm-hmm. as well. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so once I started this whole I'm knocking this out. Let's get it done. I just realized that, yeah, there's a whole online community of people who are just full force wanting to get out of debt. And, you know, they're kind of all huge Dave Ramsey fans. Like that's kind of where they all spawn out of. But, you know, they're people from all over who just want to live a debt-free life and not be in the rut anymore. And so, yeah, there's things out there like huge Facebook groups, online on other social media but a big one i found that i really enjoyed was just like youtube videos of people sharing their stories how they got out of debt or people that are currently in debt and they're 
being accountable and they're telling the YouTube community. And so I, it was almost like a, a binge for me or a fix to like get inspired by these people and just watch what they're doing. And they were all saying the same thing, but something about knowing that other people are out there doing it and they're checking in, like, I don't know, it motivates you to be like, yeah, I want to, I want to join them. I want to track my pros, progress along with them. So definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think what we talked about this a little bit before we started, I mean, most of the things that you read in each community or, you know, this, the words that everyone's saying tend to be the same. Yeah. You can pick up 10 <laughs> money books and they're all going to say the same thing, but you know, our relationship with money is almost never rational and we mm-hmm. just don't do what we're supposed to do. Uh, especially when you look at numbers where you're just like, I'm going to have this for a long time where it just seems daunting. And so I think having those, uh, you know, that community of people that you can see that one, other people have done it. Yeah. Other people are doing it. And here's some tactics that worked for them. Uh, you know, budgeting and, uh, you know, canceling cable and all these different things. Mm-hmm doesn't work for everybody and obviously there are some essentials and then there are some non-essentials in our lives that we can look at and each of us needs to do that for me it was cutting out you know eating out and drinking coffee at starbucks as much as Mm -hmm. i used to um but making sure that you can make enough income to even cover those things and get out of debt faster becomes really important um and then how i guess did you track your progress over as you were doing this Mm -hmm. so Really, the the chunk of my debt payoff just happened this last year in the past 10 months. And before that, I kind of had always had the mentality of, you know, I'll budget, I'll, I'll be good in certain areas and what's left over, I'll commit to paying off debt. But when I did the, the flip side of it, saying, hey, what's the most I can throw towards debt? and then work backwards, that's when things started changing. And for me, I needed to to visualize that. I know you mentioned the book Atomic Habits a lot, yeah. and I, I read that book after this podcast, and I really enjoyed it. But it was talking about your systems and, you know, you all have goals, but what's your system look like? And so my system for paying off debt was, you know, making a, not a spreadsheet, but even like going in Adobe Illustrator, making my own plan where it had how much I was going to pay off every two weeks, you know, what was the the most I could put in, dividing that number by 12. I wanted to see how much I could pay off in a year. And then every two weeks, just coloring it in to see mm-hmm. my progress. And I don't know, it was something to look forward to, to know, okay, in two weeks, I get to fill in a coloring block, and that's one month down, and then I get to fill in another one and another one. And also having a, a goal at the end of that sheet, like when I finish this, what's the thing I want that I can mm-hmm. celebrate? And so for me, that was, you know, I wanted to to post about it and share about, and I wanted my picture taken. But yeah, just having a sheet dedicated to your finances that you can, you know, cross off at each time you make a payment, that was a big thing. Yeah. And I mean, this is something that I think uh, whether it's this is something that uh, I didn't know you were doing until you posted that photo. Mm -hmm. Right. You had a little photo shoot and you announced to the world that you were out of debt, (laughs) uh, which is awesome. I think that helps other people, again, realize that like, oh, maybe I should clean my house up a little bit and figure out what I owe. Um, But, you know, with that. How how did that feel to like get to that point, have that out there? Did you get a lot of people just kind of mm-hmm. reaching out that maybe didn't know? I think there is there tends to be a stigma around talking about the fact that we're in debt, even though most people have some yeah. form of it. 
That's true. That was my first time. Yeah, sharing publicly about, oh, by the way, I've been throwing all this money all the time, restricting myself in certain ways. And yeah, it was one of my most liked posts. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me really happy. But, you know, a lot of people, my, you know, some of my closest friends, they were familiar and that's who I was sharing with. And outside of people of that, yeah, they were like, wow, you know, can you help pay off my loans now? <laughs> like, no. No, now you have you have new money goals after that, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's, that's good. Um, and then, so it sounds like in doing this, you exponentially paid it off mm-hmm. in the last part of it. So it wasn't necessarily like a linear, you know, march towards getting it out of debt. You actually increased your income from the nonprofit to one company to mm-hmm. another company so that you could you know, service that debt faster, which is is a great way to do it. Um, You also shared a tip about, I guess, in terms of like how to look at paying off those loans. Could you share that Mm -hmm. with people at home? So I guess everyone knows, you know, student loans, you've got the interest on top and that can really affect your principal and just how soon you'll be able to pay those off. And so it's, it's interesting to know for some student loan service providers, and and I was through Nelnet, they give you the option where you can, they'll tell you how much you you owe, you have a minimum. And everyone knows you want to pay above that. So you're putting more towards your principal instead of your interest. But a sneaky thing they do is if you just say, hey, here's, here's an amount, here's 200 bucks, you know, done, you know, you, you think you'd feel good, like i I'm paying a big chunk towards this. Well, they might take it. And if you have multiple student loans tied to your one account, and each one might have different interest rates, they could take that and split it up how they want. So they could have you paying off interest a lot longer because they're choosing to put your payment towards a lower interest and keep your higher one there. And so luckily with Nelnet, they, they give you the option. Of course, it's, you know, two pages in and you got to know the spot, but you can tell them like, no, 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 I want to take this money and I want to put, put it towards this loan. I want to put 50 bucks towards here, toward my highest, you know, a hundred bucks toward my second highest and so on. Just really being, you know, tactic about where you're putting that money instead of just giving them the lump sum. And so I noticed when I, I did that, I could see, because they, they'll tell you how much you're putting towards your interest. And before, you know, it'd just be disheartening. Like, say you put in $300, you'd see that they were putting 200 towards interest. Mm-hmm. But when you could tell them, no, this is where I want you to put my money, you saw just how that number changed. And it was going more towards the principal. So, right. so you were paying off highest interest, which mm-hmm. is kind of what a lot of people do with credit cards. Yeah. You know, the avalanche method of highest interest, but also getting rid of that principal so that mm-hmm. you're not incurring even more interest over time, which is exactly. really smart. So that's yeah. awesome. And and the average person, you know, wouldn't know maybe that that's how they're divvying up. They might think the best and like, oh, why wouldn't they be putting it towards the highest interest? And so, but... I don't know. Um, and I'm not even sure if all student loan servicers out there, I know there's like the Naviots and Sally Mays, how they do it. But I we're know. We're checking on. Yes, we're checking. <laughs> it's worth emailing about like at least telling emailing in and be like, hey, put my payment towards the highest interest rate first. Right. Like yeah. And like I, I assume most people just, you know, don't even ask. They mm-hmm. just pay the minimum or maybe pay a little bit more than the minimum like everyone's told to. But I think knowing and like we've talked about in the past, like truly knowing what your situation is you know most people don't know what interest rate their credit cards are and so you know if you don't know what interest rate you're paying on your student loan debt if you don't know even what your total is uh if you if it helps to 
draw a chart like you did and right. color it in. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's a few things from Atomic Habits, his his habit tracker, uh, or that, that idea of like, don't break the chain. Yeah. Um, but also that idea that you fall to the level of your system. So, you know, I think most of us, and I will admit to that too, right now, whatever's left over gets mm-hmm. thrown at debt. And so maybe that's something that I need to look at as well and figure out if there's a way to invert that of, you know, what's the most that I can put to my debt each month and then you know i get to live on what's left over instead yeah. which is probably the better way to do it <laughs> it sounds like so um awesome so what's next for for lindsay in terms of money goals and just life goals in general now that you've All conquered right. this mountain i know this is just seeing you know being so tunnel vision on this it's like what is next for me you know of course i need to get learning about investments and just how to optimize that. That's still really foreign to me. I have some set up, but how they really work and being knowledgeable about it, I want to know instead of just thinking, oh yeah, I think this is the right investment fund and Mm -hmm. here's a big chunk of money. Like, no, I want to know now what I'm putting my money into. And so outside of like, you know, retirement goals and making sure that's going to be squared away and starting young, I think it's kind of just making stockpiles here and there, saving up for different things, long-term goals, you know, if it's 10 years out, something like, you know, a little fun for getting married or for a big vacation I want or putting things away, you know, for my parents, stuff like that, like just making piles. But but now I have more freedom to have a bigger chunk for myself for just the day-to-day or month-to-month. Like, you know, you, you can't stop budgeting, you can't stop planning, but I have a whole bunch more to to now decide where to go instead of just throwing it at student loans. And that's really exciting that I I can make big chunks somewhere else. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, congratulations. I think you you really invested in yourself and it shows and you put the work in and Mm -hmm. here you are on the other side of it. So uh, excited to see what you do next. Yeah, me too. Awesome. (laughs) So I think that'll do it for episode 31. Is there anything that you want to leave everybody with? That's it. You know, just keep it up. It can get done. It doesn't have to take 10 years. If you make a plan and see where your money can go and where you tell it to go, it can happen. And there's always what, you know, today to increase your income instead of just cutting expenses. There's ways you can make more money and have it be an enjoyable process with a plan in place. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks for joining us this week, Lindsay. Thanks, Colin. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions.